You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 243 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. I'm excited for this week's episode, How to Take Photos That Stand Out in a Crowded Market. I love that topic. Yeah. Love it. Mm. But what's been happening in the world of Gina? Oh, so I've been doing a lot of editing, Val, this week. So, And uh, when I'm editing, it's exciting times because it means that I can have late night uh, binging sessions or watching uh, Netflix and other streaming services. And what are you watching on Netflix at the moment? Well, uh, many of the listeners to this podcast and those of you who read my newsletter know that I've got a, I'm on a bit of a uh, uh, comedy obsession at the moment, and not so much mm. just watching slapstick comedy, but I'm obsessed with the work and how these comedians get work out what their bits are and work on their jokes. Mm. And there are so many similarities between the way comedian works and how they craft their jokes and get ahead in the industry and the stuff they have to do. Like a lot of comedians, when they're starting out and even seasoned professionals who are getting paid millions of dollars uh, to, to, to do shows will do shows for free where they'll get up in smaller clubs and just work mm, on their bits. Mm. So it's the equivalent of how a photographer does test work, you yeah. know, folio shooting. And this is how we work out our lighting or a new style of editing. Comedians do the same thing with their jokes. So it might start out as like some kind of idea, oh, maybe I'll take it this way. The only way they can find out if it's any good is to work it live in front of a crowd. And so uh, I'm just obsessed with that and I've been watching, I, I just binged the entire series. Uh, do, you get, do you get upset when you finish a series? Like you miss them, you go, yes, you're kind of sad at I the end. I do, if it's a really good one, yeah. absolutely, yes. Yeah. You get, it's, it's grief. It is grief. And so Mm. I've been watching one called Crashing. Now, there's two versions. I think there's a UK version, which is about um, teens crashing in a squat, which is – it's not that one. It's Crashing. (laughs) It's a uh, US series by a comedian uh, by the name of Pete Holmes, and it's fantastic. And all the stuff – that I watched him do, how he gets his break, how he's networking and making friends and working on his craft and doing all of that. It's very similar to the the, the stuff that I'm uh, teaching in the goal community and it's like, you know, just pushing the members to get out of their comfort zone and work under pressure and uh, do the stuff that they love, the folio stuff, which is like honing honing the, the jokes for the comedians. And it's mm. so important to do this stuff, Val. Absolutely. Very, very important. And if you want to find out more about the gold community, have a listen to this. 
Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, so this week's topic is how to take photos that stand out in a crowded market. Now, this is something that all of us need to know more about. Mm. Where do we start on this one? Because it's kind of a broad topic, but it's something that's so, so very important. Where are we going to start? Well, it is. I mean, look, you know, in the last few years, times have changed. I think I think we can safe to say that the world has kind of been become obsessed with sharing like a curated version of their life. So everyone with Mm. a smartphone now can instantly record what they see and and, um, how they live their lives. And even like just even having a basic smartphone means that you've got a camera today that was better than the ones that pros were using 10 years ago, right? So even Jan from Accounts, can post okay images. So, as Jan from Accounts is really busy in Jan, the podcast world, isn't she? Jan is a lot. She's mm, a lot. Yeah. She's just one of those women. We all have them in our lives that just seem mm-hmm. to be kind of good at everything. I still don't mm. like her doll collection. Okay. It creeps me okay. out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, what do you do when, like, and we've all had this experience when, you know, Jan from Accounts just happens to be in the right place at the right time, the universe will gift you these photos once or twice in your life when you get to take that amazing photo when you've um, just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And then there's 2 billion other images being uploaded each day. As an emerging or pro photographer, how do you cut through all of that and get noticed? Because there's just so much to compete with and stop someone from scrolling past your work and to notice it and to care about it, Val. Not just mm. to just go, oh, yeah, give it a like, which our friends do for us, but for someone to notice it and to to to, to like it enough to maybe, um, you know, want, want to see more of the type of work that you do. Um, so my what what's your rule of thumb for what when you see art that you like, mm-hmm. what what's the reaction? Is it a gut? Is it a heart thing? What is it that you look for? What makes you stop? Um, what makes me stop? It's definitely something that, you know, appeals to me personally mm. and it it's usually often colours will attract my attention mm. 
And uh, the other thing will just be just there's something about it that makes me drawn to it and literally drawn. So you walk yeah. nearer to it and yeah. then you investigate it further and it may or may not uh, then draw you in further. But if it does, every little bit of it kind of fascinates you or mesmerizes you. Yeah. And it's like it makes you feel something. So it does. It yes. stops you in your track and great art the really great art that you see, you can actually remember where you were and how you felt when you first saw that work, right? And I've got several uh, examples of that that's happened to me. It made me feel something and years later, I'm still thinking about that work. And that might be, um, you know, a passage in a book. It might be an image that you see, a painting, any work of art, a scene in a movie, a scene in a play, but you're still thinking about it. It still has an effect on you. So to mm. sum that up, the best quote I've heard in the last few years, and I'm, I really mm-hmm. wish I knew who I could attribute it to. I heard mm-hmm. it on a Tim Ferriss podcast, I believe. The okay. good shit sticks, basically. Okay. It sums it up so eloquently, I think. Yes. You know, um, but what is it? What is it that makes art good and what can we learn from this and how can we apply this to photography? So shall we break it down? Absolutely. Where do we start? All right. So a lot of people believe that Mm. uh, if they get a better camera, it's going to make them a better photographer and it's just not true and we've talked about this a lot and I think – The only way to be better at your craft as a photographer is doing the work. And a lot of people want to avoid that. They want to fast track to getting better. And you can. You can get really good in only a few short months if you apply yourself. I've seen it over and over and over again. Yeah, so true. But to get that to the next level, that involves work. And I talked about at the Mm. start of the show, Val, um, how comedians work on their bit that's a comedian code for like a set their work they call them bits a lot see look at that yes well done you're getting the lingo i'm learning the lingo this is how obsessed they work a bit so they'll start out uh in the the, it'll start as a thought like a rough Mm. draft of a book val now Mm -hmm. you've just written a book yeah, uh, in the last little half while. A book, yeah, anyway. yeah, right. And you've written several thousand in your life and several yeah. <laughs> articles. That first draft, the very first draft that you do, mm-hmm. that rarely sees the light of day, does it? Of well, bits of it do. Bits of it do, mm-hmm. but where yeah. you start, that seed of an idea is not where you end up, the finished product, because it gets polished and refined and edited. So The comedians do that. They start with an idea and then they work it and they work it Mm. and they work it. And it might be that, yeah, yeah, I start out like this, but hang on, I was pacing it too fast. I need to give the audience time to digest what I've just said. I need to pace it out. The pause needs to be there. And then that word, it didn't work. A lot of people didn't understand what I was saying, so I'll change it to this word. Do you get what I mean? Mm, They're working it. And yes. same with a, a, a you know a book, and you you would know this with your art, Val. You start with a color. There'll be a background. There might be something that mm-hmm. goes on in the corner. You'll finish two thirds of it, and you'll go, uh, "I need something here. Something needs to be here." And then you'll put something over there, over to the right, and you'll go, "The left doesn't work now." So on the, 
You're working yes, it. Yes, that's true. So mm. it takes on a life of its own and the same goes for photography. And uh, this happened to me yesterday on a shoot. It's very easily, easy, easy as a photographer, uh, especially as you get better with the craft, to just hack it out, go on autopilot and just shoot what you know works. And I could have easily have done this yesterday on a shoot. I set myself Mm. up, I looked around and the garage light in that room, perfect fell. So I could have saved myself an hour of extra work by just setting up the tripod, putting the person in front of me. The first five frames were great and the person was happy with them, right? Yes. But I didn't. I worked it because I like to work the shot. And I knew that daylight wasn't going to be good enough. And this is where, with the exception of documentary photographers who don't have the opportunity to move their light around, move their subject, they're working more on their instincts. I'm talking more about uh, portrait photography where you have the mm. ability to set something up and, and the you work the shot. So you'll start, you'll put your subject in the best light and then you'll look at that light and you'll say to yourself can I make this better and you always can and so I know that yes the daylight is great but it'll only take me so far so adding an extra light to that shot took it next level because I was able to take the person that I was photographing and sculpt their face further make their cheekbones pop make their eyes pop just using the light and then I could have stopped at that, Val, but then slowing down, I continued to work the shot and now it was about adding the energy to that shot. And that's where Mm. 80% of the work for me comes into it. So once I was happy with the composition and I was happy with the posing and the lighting, then I needed to work the energy and that's what I spent the next 30 minutes doing, getting this person out of their head. Uh, I've done it with you, Val. And, you know, and how can I add the energy? And it was like, oh, I wanted to get a little bit of a breeze in the hair and then I wanted a natural light in the eyes. And every time I'd get that person to that spot, they'd then relax and they'd go back in their head and the eyes would go dark. Even though the smile to, to an untrained eye, the smile looked beautiful and everything, I could see it in the eyes. The eyes weren't connecting with me. So I kept on working it. And that's, Mm. that's, that's, a way that you can take better photos. You can easily just step in and, and uh, go on autopilot and be happy with the first image that you take, but you can get um, a much, much better image by just working that shot and looking at it again and going, how can I make this better? So you're basically saying work it, even though it might look great in the frame, work it. Push it further. How can I make Mm. this better? And if you watch any professional photographer at work, be it a product photographer, the first shot is like the first draft of a a novel or the base of a painting. You, You could leave it at that and hack it out and go home and job done. Or if you want to take your work to the next level, you'd be surprised at how much further you can. Because if you've got nothing to compare to, you... You think that that image is great, but when, once you see the changes that subtly happen when you change the lighting, bring in a reflector, change mm. the energy, it's next level stuff. All right. Fantastic. That's a good one. All right. So mm-hmm. next, Val, find mm-hmm. your point of difference. Point of difference to other, compared yeah. to other photographers? Yeah. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
when I was uh, learning photography, uh, the, one of the first thing our photography teachers told us to do was like go out for the weekend and shoot some stuff and bring it back. And I'm like, right. Mm-hmm. So I went out, Val, and I actually, in my head, and I know you can picture this, little, little Gina, uh, I thought I was a genius because <laughs> I thought of a photography subject that no mm-hmm. one else in the world had ever done. Uh, I went to uh, the uh, market in Melbourne, Victoria Market, famous market, and uh, hanging around the market, yes. a lot of homeless people, Val. Okay. I photographed yes. homeless people with my long lens and I'm like, oh. no one's ever done this before. <laughs> no one's ever photographed homeless people. And, you know, I'm just going, these are going to be the best shots ever. And then just for a bit of variety because I'm like, I know mm-hmm. this is genius, but, like, let me just show yes. my photography teacher how good I am. I'm going to photograph right. a cemetery because okay. no one's no ever, one's done, ever that done that either. No. And so I go into class on Monday, process the films because it's still film time, mm. and thinking I'm like in my head, I'm going, oh, my God, he's going to die when he sees these. He's just going to, I don't know, call the National Gallery or just like I'm thinking he's going to take me aside and say, this is the reason I'm teaching for this you moment. You need to go into the Guggenheim. <laughs> this needs to just go. I can stop now. I can die a happy man. You know, it's come to this. And so I'm waiting as he's going flick, flick, flick. He's silent and I'm like, he must be in shock because they're so good. <laughs> uh, then he's, he looked me dead in the eye and he just said, these are all crap. Whoa. That's what he said. That's that's harsh. Harsh. And I'm like, I was like one of those reality contestants on a, you know, American Idol, you know, when they're told that they're auditioning and they're told they're no good and they're like, no, I'm I'm amazing. I know it. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm going through that and I'm going, no. Oh, my God. No, these are amazing. He's like, no. He said, this is cliche. He says, this is is what everybody um, shoots. And so – you know, we all, all of us grow up thinking that we're all these special little Geniuses. snowflakes that have special yeah. ideas and we're so unique, but we're not. Like mm-hmm. the mind works in the same way. So what we're all drawn to visually is kind of the same amongst all of us. So um, this is a bit of a depressing exercise, but it points out what I mean. If you Google mm. any genre in photography – and then instead of doing the main tab, do do the search in the images tab. Have a look and mm-hmm. you'll just get thousands of – like you Google lifestyle photography or you Google family portraits or you Google children's photography. What you'll get is thousands and thousands and thousands of images that all look the mm. same. Okay. Okay. So yes. we're not – special little snowflakes, we're all kind of programmed in the same way. So it's not enough to just shoot what everyone else is shooting because it's just kind of going to blend in. Um, And it's okay when you're starting out to find those photographers whose work resonates with you and, and, you know, uh, be inspired by it. But at some point you've got to then start shooting stuff that means has meaning to you. And so my idea of mm. shooting the um, 
the uh, homeless people and the cemetery didn't really have any meaning to me. I just thought it's gonna it's gonna get me liked and fame and all of that they're going to think I'm amazing but I didn't have any reason to be photographing them there was no reason for me it wasn't like I was homeless yeah do you know what I mean it didn't mean anything so that's right kind of the, the photos are empty and so when you um when you work in on stuff that has meaning for you the 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 love oozes out of every pixel and people will connect to the work. And we had an example yeah. of this, Val, in the goal community this week where one of the members uh, is who is a fantastic portrait photographer, right, has just mm-hmm. started shooting flowers. And the oh, post yes. was... Yes, I saw that. Yes. And she was talking about this, like, I love flowers and mm. I wanted to photograph stuff just because... And mm. these images beautiful. were gorgeous, they were beautiful. stunning. They mm, stopped stunning. me in my tracks yeah, and I'm gorgeous. still thinking the about them. They meant yeah, something beautiful. to me because they meant something to her. And I, mm. I, and I said, the love does. It oozes out of every uh, pixel. That, I know that kind of sounds like it's a bit woo-woo, but it's pointless photographing stuff that you think is going to get you noticed. Uh, if it's mm. not meaningful to you, it means that you're not going to put that uh, the, the uh, amount of love and hard work into creating that image um, that that you would, you know, otherwise. So I think that's important. So finding the stuff, and it's a Marion who who did this wonderful job of the flowers. Yes, amazing, amazing mm. work. Uh, so mm. find your point of difference and shoot the stuff, even if you want to be a commercial. Um, interior architecture photographer and often the work could be uh, seen as clinical or you're a product photographer, still go and find uh, stuff uh, to do for your personal work that really resonates with you. And then it might be uh, one of the uh, Facebook uh, community, podcast community members did macro photography of a bug on a keyboard that I saw the other day. Um, Amazing right? There's a point of difference. He's like, oh, so there are still untapped areas that, you know, for whatever quirky things you have that you like or dislike, photograph those because that's going to get you noticed because it's coming from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how I um, used to collect blowtorches? Yes. So, and then there was this year where all I did was just photograph blowtorches. Yes. So that's just, I mean, that's just an example. I didn't want to necessarily make money from it or whatever. No. Um, because I don't think there's too much market of photographing blowtorches, but it gave, made me so happy and it was what I would do in the dark room and I would actually process these, you know, shots of blowtorches and it was, I've still got some actually in frame somewhere, but it made me happy and I think that's really important. Well, that goes well. with your, uh, your, joy. your painting as well, Val. So, you know, as a painter, you could easily have started with bowls of fruit, which I think is the cliche that most people yes. paint, right? The bow, bowls of fruit like uh, Cezanne did. But, you know, mm. what does Valerie Koo paint as her first paintings? Apostrophes. <laughs> <laughs> right, which uh, I doubt anyone has has um has done that, right? And so, and that, and that's something that you you've made it your own, and it's meaningful to you. Are you doing mm-hmm. a comma series? 
No, no, because they're not as misplaced. There's just all they of are. these lost apostrophes in the world who, you know, don't haven't have found their actual home yet. And yeah. they do have a home, but people don't put them in the right place. <laughs> so this is where all of the apostrophes come together and have a new life. They have to, yeah, you give them freedom and, and a good life. <laughs> yeah, that's so kind of you, Val. Thanks. All right. The... <laughs> Next way to mm. make to take photos that stand out in the crowd uh, mm. is well, there is no growth without resistance. So, mm. have you? I, I know that um, you've probably watched uh, game shows where you're in the comfort mm. of your own home. You're sitting there on the couch, and the contestants up there, and they're going for the million dollar question, right? Yeah, and yeah. the the host will ask the question. And you know the answer. It's so easy. And you're yelling at the screen going, it's this, it's this, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you watch the contestant get it wrong. And then you're sitting there going, oh, my God, they're idiots. That was so easy. (laughs) Or you've been at um, the rare sporting matches that you've attended and uh, (laughs) there is the the champion in the team lining up for goal, simple goal, right in front of goal, misses. And the whole crowd is like, you're an idiot. How easy is that? All right. So it's like watching from the sidelines when you're not Mm. under pressure, it's easy Mm. to be a critic, right? You can say, well, how hard can that be? But for someone who you put that, you put yourself as like knowing all the uh, answers to the game show, right? Under the Mm. lights of in a TV studio, if you've never been in a TV studio under those lights, it's quite nerve wracking. And then you've got all these strange people. There's hundreds of people in the audience looking at you. Of course, your mind's going to go blank because you're under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the most common complaints I hear from photographers is they'll say, like, going into the shoot, I knew everything. I know how to use my flash. Mm. I know how to expose. I know how to focus. I know how to do all these things. But uh, in the heat of it all, under all the pressure, I froze and I forgot. All right. So, so true. So, so easy to do. It's so easy to do. And like, because you're not used to shooting under pressure. So what you need to do is teach yourself to work under pressure. So you, you see a lot of elite athletes will be drilling that they'll be, um, taught to run with the ball and the other players it's not just a running exercise for fitness the other players will put them under pressure and bombard them you know Mm. I I listened to an interview where a guy um, canoed across the Pacific you know and he was saying that a lot of people who do that sort of stuff right Mm. will train on those rowing machines he said but that's Mm. not the way to train because in a rowing machine you're inside it's air-conditioned and you're uh, rowing yeah. and it's static. But out in the water, you've got the wind, um, you've got the rocking of the boat, it's unsteady, you've got the humidity, and you've got uh, also the fact that you're uh, only sleeping for four hours a day. So these are all factors mm. that are going to influence how you uh, function on the day. And it's the same with photography. So it's all well and good to know your stuff. But unfortunately, most jobs don't happen where you go, you've got You've got four hours to do these three shots. Take your time. And if you make a mistake, we'll just do it again. It never happens like that. It's always you've got a couple no. of minutes. Hurry up. The person in front of you is impatient. They're going, you've done three frames. Have you got the shot? Can I go? There's all sorts of uh, moving parts that you've got to contend with. So train yourself 
once you've learned the basics and do learn the basics in the quiet of your home, like I recommend getting a, a styrofoam head to practice your lighting on, practice your yeah. focus in a park on a quiet day on your own without anyone looking over your shoulder so that you and, and learn all the buttons and dials on your camera so that you feel really comfortable working it and then up the pressure. So try and say, walking to a new location and say, all right, timer on the phone or on your watch and say, I've got one minute to find uh, the perfect location for the next shot. And as you do this under pressure, you're going to like, just do it intuitively. Every time you're meeting someone at a different cafe, scope the room out and go, there's a location, there's good window light, that's good backlight, there's a good corridor. And just, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back quietly and Mm. just do it as an exercise. Or um, as you're walking to work and you've got maybe a little zippy camera, practice shooting from the hip as you're walking from where the bus drops you off to the 10-minute walk to your office. Uh, mm. Practice shooting from the hip. And if you do that over, you know, consistently over several several weeks, you'll find that finally you'll work out intuitively where the best spot is to do that, to shoot from the hip. Um, and also uh, up the ante, give yourself, all right, uh, here's my styrofoam head. I'm going to time myself and try and beat myself. How quickly can I set up my light from scratch, from zero, and get an, a, a correct exposure in this portrait and try that in different life? You see it's overcast outside. Take your head outside and go, go, beat the clock. How fast can I do this? Yeah, All right. right. And so okay, so put yourself play a little game under with pressure. Yourself. Yes, mm. and say yes. When someone says we need someone to do this event, I know you've never done it, but can you help us out uh, for the experience? Go along, just say yes and and experience that pressure because the more you put yourself in these pressure situations, the more it becomes the new normal and you'll be able to Mm. cope a lot better. That makes a lot of sense. I love it. Okay, cool. Put yourself under pressure. Yeah. So um, finally, and I think uh, this is one of the things that sets – Uh, the great photographers apart from the good photographers and it's going that extra mile all right Mm. it's putting what do you mean specifically well it's putting for the client or for what it's putting in that extra five percent so it's all those um it's all the little details that are um often overlooked and when they all add up they make a great image. So we talked about uh, working the shot in the first section, Val. So working the shot, making it good. Um, yep. So taking it's it's again it's so simple when you find great daylight to just continue with that. But um, daylight is only going to work when daylight turns up to work. All right. <laughs> daylight. Okay. Can call in sick. And then what happens? Yes, that's so true. And so there are many parts of the Northern Hemisphere that through those winter months, they can't even go outside. It's cold. So you're limited to shooting in a studio, all right, because they're snowed in for, you know, at least two months of the year. Uh, So they're limited to a studio. And then because it's uh, so cold, it's often the days are very short and the daylight is limited. So you're limiting your opportunities And so when you can learn to light, you're going to set yourself apart from all the Jans who only have, um, who can only shoot with daylight. And let's face it, we want to do better than Jan in accounts, don't we? 
Well, you really don't actually like Jan. I do like. Look, do she's fine. She's fine, Val. I don't okay. have a beef with Jan. She's fine. All right. Okay. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about her. <laughs> All right. Great. <laughs> lighting gives you that opportunity to work anywhere yeah. at any time, and I've been working with you on doing that with your artwork, Val. Flash. Mm-hmm lighting yes. and take your artwork to the next level make it a lot easier so we'll get that set up at some point won't we yeah okay <laughs> so think about that and and again you can step back to step four and uh putting yourself under pressure um and teaching yourself to grow under pressure and just practice that lighting and that can be something if you're stuck inside because it's snowing and cold then get out your styrofoam head or get out your uh, gi joe doll or your barbie doll and photograph Mm. those to practice your lighting and get your head around lighting so that you can take your work to the next level. I think it's so important and you can, uh, people are put off by using flash because they think it looks artificial, but if you can master flash, it actually looks like daylight. If you shoot it yes. the right way, it's, you don't well, you've, notice it's you've been mastered lit. It. That, it's masterable. Is that a word? Well, let's make it a word. <laughs> Thank you, Val. <laughs> so you can and I, I think it's important and this is part of that extra five percent um mm. little tweaks like posing I also think are part of that five percent and putting that energy into that image and also knowing what makes a good body shape for someone and again this is about portraits and just knowing uh, the little differences between photographing someone from above their eye level as opposed to photographing someone from below their eye level. So when you photograph someone slightly above them, when your camera is slightly above, so it kind of is looking down to them, you diminish them in size, Mm. right? So you can make them... You can make them look softer if you need to and smaller so the viewer looks superior to them. If you want to make someone look more powerful, you drop the camera angle so that they're towering over you in the image and that can make someone look strong and powerful. And knowing how to position people. So you could have someone who – you could have a couple where the one person in the frame is quite large and the other person in the frame – Uh, might be slight and someone might be a fuller uh, body, you can manipulate that using um, optical, the optical illusion brings, bring the smaller person forward and send the larger person back and you use that force perspective to balance them out. So little things like that set you apart from all the other photographers. Great. So working on those things. Post-production, Val. And, of course, a lot of these things are things that uh, you cover in the gold community with a whole heap of tutorials and courses on exactly how they can pose people and like people and stuff like that. Oh, this is what I'm drilling into everyone day in, day out, you know. It's like we'll share images, we talk about them, and we always talk about this is great how do we get this image to the next level? And that's all I'm focused on, getting everyone to the next level, the next level, and the next level. And it's often just simple little tweaks where they've got the basics right, Val, and just a couple of little tweaks, 
immediately takes that image to the next level. So posing is important. Post-production, one of the big things I see all the time, and I think it's one of the forgotten things, is uh, white balance. People are forgetting Mm. uh, to correctly white balance their image. And the difference is night and day when you've got the correct skin tone and often you don't even notice until you see what how how different an image looks when it's got that correct white balance and the skin tone isn't as orange or it doesn't have as much red in it or there might be a, a red tinge in, in, in the white areas of the shirt. So all of those little details are so important and they really make images uh, shine and stand out as does good editing, Val. Yeah. All right. So as well in that block, extra 5% is composition. So knowing where to place your image, your figures in your image for maximum impact. So you want your people to, um, to look at your image and stay on your image for longer. The longer someone looks at your image, the more time they're going to have to fall in love with it, to have a reaction. So if you can have eyes on your image for longer and a great composition does that as it makes people um, flow through the image rather than just stop in the middle. It's an interesting one, actually, composition, because it's something. Some people just have an eye for it. Yes, and they've never been formally trained, no. but they just have an eye for it, and they understand the balance and stuff yes. like that. And I've worked with photographers who are technically great. Like they they get you know what their shutter speed is supposed to be, how to light it, and everything, but their composition just is lacking. And I don't know, and I find it a little bit perplexing that. As a photographer, you're not kind of looking at images and studying, well, where have they placed that person or that object? Where have they placed the secondary object or person? And it's, it, I find it a little bit weird that some, you know, you can get to a certain level in photography and not be great at composition. Yeah, and and I think it's it's just important to study that and also, Val, yeah, to study, study what went on before you so so study the masters and when I say study Mm. the masters that doesn't mean whoever's hip on Instagram right now go back go back into the 50s and the 40s and the 60s and find Mm. the it doesn't have to be that you have to study photographers that whose work doesn't resonate with you find the ones whose work uh, has an effect on you and study and, and look at how they did that and how they lit it and where they place their subjects and why that has an impact. And it's going to make a huge difference to um, your work in the end. I think it's so important. Yeah, very important. All right. So finally, when you're doing that extra 5%, you can rock up to any location. This is what Jan does. She'll turn up. She <laughs> might have her camera Good with Jan. her. She'll see it's a beautiful sunset and she'll say, oh, that's a beautiful sunset. And she'll photograph it. Is that how it. she talks? Yes. Is that how Jan talks? That's yeah, how right. Jan talks. Okay. That's a beautiful sunset. And she'll photograph <laughs> it. So she's taking a shot and it happened in front of her and she photographed it. But mm-hmm. next level photographers actually think about the image that they want to create and they'll pre-visualize mm. it and they'll plan it. And the great, great landscape photographers will Think of a location and they might plan two years in advance that that this is when the sun and the tide and the the, the stars and everything will align for this period of two hours 
on this particular day and they'll plan their entire life around getting this shot. And they might go back there three or four times to get that shot because they've got an image that they know that the sun needs to be here to light the particular mountain and and that's what goes into creating a great image. And the same for an amazing portrait. So it's not just a matter of we'll go out whenever – everyone's available it's like and and this is something we talk about a lot in the goal community it was like you know I was booked to do this shoot at 12 o'clock with this family and I'm like well that's not always a good time and so as photographers we need mm. to train the families it's just like 12 o'clock is not a good time for this so we'll do it at eight in the morning gonna get yeah. better shots that way and that's pre-visualizing because you know that that's when the background's going to be lit in a certain way and everyone's going to look amazing amazing images don't just happen they're created there's a lot of work that goes into it so if you want when someone opens up google and google's family photographers or children photographer or landscape photographers you don't want to be your image to look like everyone else's you want that one that really stands out and just on that um this week i was Uh, scrolling through Instagram and I Mm. spotted the work of uh, Natalie Finney and she's one of my um, Goldies, was in the Goldies for three years and she's a children's photographer, predominantly a family photographer, but the stuff that she's doing now with children's photography, talk about standing out, she's working with composites and it's a real fantasy theme that she's building and growing and really developing her work in that area, her work stopped me. It's beautiful and it stands yeah. out. I and mean, if you Google children's photographer photography, you're not going to see anything like her work. It's so different and so beautiful. So good on you, Natalie. I'm so uh, proud of the work that you're creating. It's amazing. Check it out. I will put a link in the show notes. But what's her Instagram? Nat, Nat Finney, Natalie Finney. So just check out Natalie Finney. Check out Natalie Finney, that's F-I-N-N-E-Y underscore photography. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, so really great stuff. It isn't it beautiful. Real fa- it's almost mm. surreal in the um, you know, but you you like when you when you Google children's photography, it is a lot of uh natural outdoor photography. It is the the bulk of it. So very hard to stand out in that market. Mm. Mm. It is. All right, wonderful. So that is how to take photos that stand out in a crowded market. Hope you've got some good tips from there. And uh, I'm a big fan of of um, the, the way Gina teaches and the way that she spells out a lot of the stuff that we've covered in this episode in the Gold community. So make sure if you want to find out more about that, you check that out. All right, so what's happening tonight? What are you going to binge watch tonight then, Gina? So there is a new series and it was actually uh, filmed, it's like 2005, it's dated, so it's before camera phones and and smartphones and all of that. It's in a a more innocent time, but it's Lisa Lisa Kudrow, ex-Friends is the uh, lead in it Mm -hmm. and it's called The Comeback. I love it. It's so good. It's sort of uh, based on a reality show that's being made about the making of a reality show in the making of a series, but it's all about the behind the scenes. So if you loved Unreal, which is the making of The Bachelor, loved loved it, you will love this one. So I'm, I'm been binging that and it's so, do you know, do you like cringe watching? 
cringeworthy when it's just so cringy. Everything about it is you just cringe the whole time going, oh, that's so embarrassing that they said that. But you love it. I'm not entirely sure what you're referring to, but okay. It's just the writing is so good and the characters are so, oh, it's so good. You have to watch it. So that's okay. that's my All binge. Right. Uh, what about you? Um, I am watching Killing Eve season two, which I think is, I just loved season one. I thought it was fantastic. What does um, that say about and that's... You're watching serial killers and I'm like shiny <laughs> reality TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right. And uh, you're also off to India. So bon voyage and have Thank a wonderful you. trip and make sure you post lots on Instagram for Will us do. to keep you, keep up with. All right. Where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. Instagram and Twitter at Gina Militia. You'll find me in the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community group <laughs> and I'm also <laughs> yes. in the goal community and if you want to check out the goal community just go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community and you Val you can find me at Valerie Koo that's k-h-o-o on twitter and instagram and over at valeriekoo.com thanks for listening everyone and we look forward to chatting to you again next time thanks guys Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.